What's going on, Flyer fans? Thanks for listening to another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm Angry Jim here, as always, with my friends Jack and Kyle. We actually have some Flyers hockey to talk about tonight, good and bad, as well as our ticket giveaway for the November 5th game versus the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll announce the winner at the end of the episode. Jack and Kyle, what the fuck's up, guys? What's going on, Jimmy? How we feeling? You guys better after last night's game compared to the last week's. A lot of of good things happened last night. Uh, You know, first of all, some of the kids came up. Faraby and and, uh, Misha. Is that what we're going to call him? We're going to call him Misha or or Mikael? I always thought it was Mikael, but everybody fucking calls him Misha, and I'm confused why. Yeah, everybody's calling him that, so whatever. What do we think about that? How'd they look last night? Later, but uh, I don't see how that equates to Misha. <laughs> hey, whatever. I don't know if it's Michael or Mikhail, so I'm just going to say Misha just to uh, eliminate yeah. that confusion. <laughs> oh, it's a, he's back up with the team. I thought he played. Um, I really only remember him one play. Uh, was it last night? Yeah. Um, he intercepted a pass, which I liked. But other than that, I really hadn't been too high on him. Uh, just going back to last year with his two stints with the Flyers, but. You know, he's been okay with the Phantoms. He's got experience, as uh, Kyle was explaining to me off air. And uh, the main thing is, we are one and zero in the Farabee error. Wow, really good stat right there. I mean, yeah, you know what else I saw today? Since we're we're going to bring up cool stuff about Farabee, he's the first Flyers player to ever be born uh, in the two thousands to play on the team. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah, that, just, that is that. me feel so old. That blew my mind. Ugh. Friggin' 18 year old, what is he, 18, 19 year old kid? That's insane, man. I felt bad when I saw that. So, yeah, I didn't see why. Shit. Anyways, Kyle, what did you think of last night's game? Did you, did you pay attention to Faraby and Vorobiev? I did. I thought Verbiev actually played a fantastic game yesterday. He was never really out of position, sound defensively, where he needed to be. His passing was on point, which was also one of his strong points uh, when he came up last year was his passing was very good. But last year he just didn't – he didn't consistently put it together enough. Kind of got a knock on him from the get-go that he – just didn't work every shift, and I'm hoping he's past that. Interesting that you brought that up, and now he's he came up to play for AV. Uh, you know, and there it, there was those concerns about him last year. I'm um, I'm interested. I'm wondering if this is kind of like, you know, uh, fly or die for Misha Vorobiev. You know, like how many chances is a guy like him going to get under Elaine Vigneault if he's if he's known for not being consistent uh, in in working hard. Um, from from if you can remember from last year, did he look better than he looked with the Flyers last year? I know it's That's only one game. I mean, it's one game. I barely noticed him, so you have to ask Kyle how he did in his eyes. But as I can talk about last year, his he had a fit, one of the best uh, camps of any Flyer, um, and his first two games were great, and then he just fell off a cliff. And then he was sent down and brought back up later in the year, and he was a nobody. He really didn't look like he—he he just looked like another guy. So uh, I wouldn't say I think he's still somewhat young enough where I wouldn't say it's fly or die with him. It's the fact that the organization chose to call him up again uh, is a good sign. And 
the one play I did see of him was an intercepted pass in the in the uh, offensive zone. So I I mean I saw no bad in one good thing. So that is definitely I definitely think it's good. It's it's a better start. I want I want to say better start. He's got to be able to sustain it. If he can sustain that play, then he can hang because he when he is sustaining that play, he's good enough. At least on the bottom six. Positive enough for me. Kyle, what do you think? Do you notice a difference? In, I know it's, a, it's tough because it's one game, but did he look any different to you in that one game compared I to last thought, year? I thought it was on par uh, with his preseason last year. He certainly was better than his regular season play of last year, for sure. Okay. So I, I'm not the biggest Vorobiev guy. He's kind of like a, you know, whatever to me. I think they have sexier names to – that they could bring up. I know before the show we were talking about Rupsov and looking up his stats, things like that. So when, when Vorobiev was announced uh, that he was coming up, I, I, for one, was not excited at all. I would, I would have rather seen somebody else come up or, or even Torinsky or Bonneman stay on the roster. I know that's not a popular uh, opinion there, but, you know, that's just how I felt. As far as Farabee coming up, I think everybody was excited for that one. What do you guys think? We could start with uh, Jack on this one. I mean, I think everybody – this guy should have made a team out of camp. We all know that. He was actually – Alain Yo was asked about it, and he said he'd be surprised if he wasn't on the team, but it came down to a, a cap number, a cap game. So it was unfortunate. But he seems to always be generating some kind of offense. Uh, he shoots the puck. I was super excited in the, in the move he made. It looked like he was going to pass it. Uh, I think it was later in the game. He moved in. He kind of waited, made a nice little move, and took a decent shot on that. If he have scored, I'd have lost my mind. Uh, but he, he's always around the net with the puck and he just doesn't, he's not doing anything wrong or anything like that. And still early, but we all know he should have made the team out of camp and now he's here and everybody's excited about that. And I'm not going to say he jump started the whole team, but we know that there's definitely untapped potential there. And the only way we're really going to see it, if he's up here playing with top tier talent and so far, so good. No doubt. Kyle, go ahead. I think the kid is so smart, like as to what Jack was saying. He always seems like he's around the puck. He always seems like he's in the middle of the play. And he certainly jump-started Kevin Hayes last night a little bit. That's for sure. That's interesting. He's kind of like a shot in the arm then a little bit, huh? This 18-year-old kid, 19-year-old kid coming up, and he wants to stay up here, so obviously he's going to bust his ass. And he's got skill. You know, the, combine those two things, you got a pretty damn good hockey player, I think. I mean, I can't think of the last foot, shoot first, maybe Konechny, but he's a little, does a little of everything. But like Farabee, he's just a goal scorer. Like it's what he's, you know, he's not a generational goal scorer, but he's one of the first first round top goal scoring prospects we've had in, in quite a while. So every time he has the puck in the offensive zone, you get excited. It's not like just any first-round pick getting the puck. It's Farabee. That's what he's supposed to do. And he does shoot. He doesn't get caught in the limelight and opt to pass or do something stupid. Like, he's shooting. So it's great. Uh, So, I mean, I can only imagine that with time and practice, he's going to start to pot some goals. And suddenly this – I don't know if you want to call the Flyers having a slow start, but they looked a little scary during that little stretch there. Well, maybe this will help alleviate that. Then all of a sudden, Nolan Patrick comes back, and then they, maybe things start coming together. So, no, it was definitely exciting to see. And you just—it's a shame it's only been one game, and now we got to wait three days before we see him again. But 
I'm excited. And you're <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. Kevin Hayes looks so – I mean, he looked good, but more defensively. His offensive game was going last night. I mean, the whole team was, but I think Farabee did have a lot to do with that. And he looked good. Sure did. Uh, what, w- one thing I'd like to bring up that I, I that I noticed almost immediately was bringing Vorobiev up allowed the Flyers to utilize their center depth much better by being able to slide Giroux back to center and then you coots in the second line. You got Hayes, who's definitely a second-line center on your third-line center in it, and then uh, another true center, the guy who literally his career is made around the center position in Vorobiev on that fourth instead of Michael Raffle, who clearly was helped by being on the wing last night and not at the center position. It, it you, you got to utilize center depth, which makes me so excited for when Nolan Patrick comes back because then the center depth is going to be ridiculous. And to touch on your point there, before the season started, I think that's one of the main uh, points on this team. You know, one of the main keys, I think, to, to the success of the season we talked about was their depth at center. So when Nolan Patrick was announced that he was going to miss a little bit of time, uh, and now we're kind of unsure how long it's going to be, it's almost like they're kind of scrambling a little bit here to, to figure out, okay, well, our center depth, you know, is already taking a hit. Now we got to find someone that's going to fit on the, on the squad for the next who knows how long. Uh, so anyways, you, you guys mentioned a couple players, uh, in, uh, Michael Raffle and, and Travis Konechny, uh, pretty, um, big games last night out of those guys. I mean, TK continues to roll, uh, I believe 10 points now in the first six games, seven games and Michael Raffle, uh, two goals and an assist last night. Uh, touch on some, touch on some of the key, uh, positive, uh, moments from that game last night, guys, and then we'll get to some negatives. Well, geez, it's tough. I mean, wasn't a whole lot of negatives, I guess. But um, I, I guess I would say the offensive game was clicking. The power play when they were on the offense in the offensive zone was clicking. And they also, and I say, I will say, all season they've been getting a lot of penalties. And at first, I attributed that to like bad calls, but it seems like they're drawing these penalties now. So whatever they're doing is drawing penalties. They've definitely been on the power play more than they've been on the penalty kill, which is good. And last night, yeah, it just it just seemed like, well, let's be real. It wasn't even a backup goalie; it was a third string goalie. But that's the kind that's the kind of performance you need to do when you face that goalie. They potted six goals, so you can't ask for more. And Vegas is a very good team; they are definitely in the conversation in, for the cup contention. Um, Hayes' goal was just a worksman's like effort. Anything Roffle does is a workman's like effort. Uh, TK and that that second power play unit. At what point do we stop calling them the second unit? Like they're they're really got it together this year so far, and a lot of that's DK. Um, trying to think who else scored left. Uh, I think Niskanen had a really. I think he had a really nice goal. He almost had another that he just missed the net towards the end of the game. And I think one of Raffle's goals got changed to Proveroff because he was in the play as well. Just offensively, this team was firing. They were their passes were clean and crisp. They, they were they just had the puck majority of the game. Um, and I think that score could have been a little bit different had things gone differently in their end, luckily for them. But, yeah, the offense was definitely there. Um, and I, I don't know what the difference was between Saturday with Dallas and, you know, Monday outside of a third-string goalie, but they, they took care of business, and you, you, that's all you can ask for. 
Now, you guys were at the game Saturday. I, I missed the game. Did, did they look like they were playing the same way? They were just unlucky? Or what was the difference between last night and Saturday? Kyle, you can start. It, Saturday looked like there was no effort from half the team, and some of the players wanted to play, and some of them didn't. It, it looked like flyers of old. And it, I'm telling you, it shook me to my core when I was watching it. I'm going, oh, no, here we go again. I'm like, please, God, no. Like, let's not do this again, guys. Because, I mean, we've watched it for years now. You get a game where three or four other guys show up and are skating, but that doesn't win you a game. The whole team needs to show up. And I think that was the biggest difference between Saturday and last night. Let me ask you guys. I mean – Dallas was obviously a desperate team uh, at that point. I mean, you, you could almost see that kind of game coming, you know, because, I mean, we, we know what's going on with the Flyers. It's their first home game in a, in a little bit, coming back from a Western Conference, uh, you know, road trip in Western Canada or whatever. Um, I think it was said that they've traveled the most miles in the first five or six game span of the NHL in NHL history. Um, so, of course, the jet lag factor comes in, blah, 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 even though they're home you know, playing in front of the home crowd. But I think what also factors in is is Dallas got their ass whooped by Pittsburgh the night before. You know, they're coming into a game against the Flyers, who they know might be a little bit tired, blah, blah, blah. And Dallas, was a, they were a desperate team. I don't think the Flyers were a desperate team at that point, so I, I'm not sure if that factored in or not. I'm sure, you know, all those things kind of factored in. But I think what we saw last night and like Jack you mentioned even though it was a third string goalie you know they did what they had to do against them I mean I don't know about you guys but I would have been I would have been disappointed if they scored any less than four or five goals last night you know even even in a win if they only scored three I'd be like all right something's still something's still wrong with that though they're not getting quality shots or something so to see them last night come out and score uh six goals and and a couple pretty quick ones back to back I thought was a good sign that there is life on this team um, so yeah, I mean, Jack, what'd you think? What'd you see between Saturday and last night? Well, I would definitely would have, you know, I, for me, the way they had been playing, they didn't need to score six goals. They just needed to win. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that. But yeah, as Kyle said, it was, there was like three guys who really gave a shit on Saturday. And one of them's Chris Stewart. Like he did what he was supposed to do after they go down two goals. I'd never seen a team come out right away. And score, I swear they scored within the first minute. Like it still said like 1911 on the clock or something when they scored. And you're like, okay, here we go. You know, Dallas is struggling. We're struggling. We come out to play at home. This is great. So it lasted about six minutes before Dallas scores. Then they, I think Dallas scored again on a power play. And then already they're getting sloppy. Stewart fights after that, which is the right thing to do. Um, I don't remember if he won the fight or not. I don't know if it was decisive regardless, but – the point was made. Um, they go to the second period. They're just so sloppy, especially in their own end. Luckily, no goals were scored. They did have some chances, but they just couldn't finish. Yeah, guys like JVR come to mind because he had some of those chances and couldn't finish. And now you're like, okay, it's 2-1 to one going into the third now. This is where the Flyers usually play. And like me and Kyle are like kind of talking like two, three minutes in. And it's like, oh, Dallas scored. Like, what the? Are you serious? Like, what the hell happened? And they didn't fight to come back or nothing. And they got the empty netter. Like, they never really had any good scoring chances. The one thing that did stick out was the Flyers had all these shots. 
and I think Dallas had at one point 13 and three goals. If you rank shots and you always see the scoring chances stat, they were like similar for Dallas. Like as many shots as they had, as many sh- like scoring chances they had. Same was not true to the Flyers. It was like five scoring chances, 30-something shots, wow. where Dallas had all these premium chances because their defense is throwing the puck around, making mistakes. They have issues getting out of their own end, especially on the power play. I mean, once they're in the offensive zone, they're not too bad, at least this year. But Saturday, just like nobody gave a shit. Like, that's what I left. I was tweeting all night, and I usually don't do that. I was just like, one thing I noticed is like, it really doesn't seem like anybody cares. And I was like, what's Fignot going to do? And that's when they started swipping, uh, swip, mopping out the lines and calling guys up and sending guys down. And it's like, oh, they did something. And Elliot went in, who has, at this point, played better than Hart, honestly. So, uh, yeah, I saw a big difference. The, the only thing I'm not sure of, the Flyers scored first on Monday, had Dallas come right, or um, Vegas come right back and scored how they would have responded. Because it seems like this team, when things don't go to the way, they just fall apart. So that didn't happen. They didn't score it on Monday until the third period. And by that time, they had a, what, four, five, nothing lead. So I, I don't know. So um, hopefully this is a good sign of things to come. But they don't really handle adversity or pressure well. Um, so, well, I, hopefully I'm wrong. So we'll see. Hey, you brought up interesting points. And I'd, I'd like to touch on that uh, later on in the show. But um... – We'll move on a little bit here. We'll cover some of the topics we have. But, um, yeah, interesting points you brought up there, and I wonder if they have to do with leadership or not. Um, so we, we touched on, you know, some, some hot or cold stuff there. I mean, some, some hot names came up and some cold names came up. Um, we'll start with the hot names. So we'll cover guys like TK, who's been on fire all season long. Um, I know uh, for a guy like me, I, I had a lot of questions about – you know, can he do this without playing with Giroux? And he's he's been proving it. And it wasn't just a one or two game thing. We're seven games in now. He leads the team in, uh, I, I believe, goals, assists, and points. You know, ten points, four goals, six assists for for TK. So I'm 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 happily wrong there. Um, he's a legit offensive scoring threat. Uh, Michael Raffle has, from what I've seen, because I I don't know if everyone's in agreement, and maybe I'm just seeing something different. He's been kind of buzzing for me. Like, he just looks like a different player this year. Like, he's allowed to skate, allowed to carry the puck. I'm not sure what it is, but there's something different. And last night he was able to pot two goals uh, along with an assist for for now three goals and an assist on the year. Um, Oscar Lindblom continues to to play well. Uh, He's tied for for TK in in, uh, the lead for goals on the year with four already. Uh, two power play goals, with, which matches his uh, season total from last year. Uh, and then Ivan yeah. Provorov, who I, I think at some some point still looks a little shaky on the defensive end, but it seems that he's found his offensive game again, which I think is extremely important. He's got a goal and four assists already this year. What do you guys think? Let's touch on those four players there. Uh Kyle, we could start you off with uh, TK and Raffle, and then Jack, I'll give you Limblom and Provorov. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Leading up to this season, everybody was talking about it, the holdouts, the holdouts from the RFAs. And guess what? TK is earning his fucking money so far this year. You can't deny that. Dude came ready to play. There's not a better skater on the team. 
than TK. I don't know who can argue that, but I don't think there's a better skater on this team than Travis Konechny at this point. The dude has his legs every single game, which is different from the TK of past. Not that TK was a slouch by any means. I'm not saying that before I get attacked. I'm just saying TK of past. Some games he showed up to, some games he didn't. I mean, by this last year, if don't quote me on these stats, but I believe he had seven points in the first 20 games, 20-plus games. He's got 10 already this year. You can, The guy came ready to play. Uh, Oscar, another one. I mean, all the things we heard about his skating. Remember all that? I'm not worried about any of that anymore. It's nice to see him get his offensive game going. It's nice to see him. Uh, the dude is dominant along the boards, which is fantastic. Um, it's nice to see him pot a couple goals, that's for sure. Uh, I, I'm enjoying watching these two play, and that's a nice feeling as a Flyers fan to enjoy, truly enjoy watching a couple players play. 100% agree. So, I mean, you, you have Travis Konechny, right, a guy who, like I said, I had questions about. He's establishing himself as, you know, would you say an elite player? Uh, sample size is a little small, but if this continues for the rest of the year, that contract's going to be an absolute steal. 100%. So, I mean, because he's going to be an elite player if he continues this. For sure. So, I mean, TK, you know, proving that he's better than we thought he was going to be, or, or he's producing the way we'd hoped. How about that? And then a, a guy like Michael Raffle, who. You know, you know, I could understand some people weren't weren't happy with the contract that he got. I think it was a two-year, two-point-something, you know, million-dollar deal. I was always, I'll, I'll be honest, there were some years I wasn't crazy for Raffle, and those were the years where he was on the first and second line. I'm like, this is not a first-line guy. But when he's back down on third and fourth lines, I think he's perfect down there. I think he's a, a good veteran guy, good to have in the locker room. And I'm not, I'm not talking about an Andy McDonald kind of veteran guy. This is a smart hockey player. He knows what he's doing out on the ice, strong along the boards, does things the right way. I don't know. Maybe he did something different in the offseason, but he looks he looks so much different. He, has, he looks like he has life. He's playing with confidence, and I like what I'm seeing uh, from Michael Raffle. If, if um, you know, Patrick can get back sometime soon, he's slot Lawton down to that center position on the fourth line. You know, uh, Raffle, Lawton, and, and, you know, whoever they decide to put out there on that right wing – that's a pretty damn solid fourth line. Um, so moving on here, Jack, you got uh, Oscar Lindblom and, and Ivan Provorov. Go ahead. Well, real quick on the other two, uh, well, I'll just say about TK because I was one person who had heard people outside of Philly saying that that TK contract was an overpayment, and it just it made me mad. I was like, well, what do you, what do you expect? He's supposed to grow into this contract. Now we look really good because it looks like he's growing into it right before our eyes so they can go pound sand. Watch your team. We'll handle ours. Anyway, so uh, now I'm going to go negative. Proveroff, I've heard a lot of people has been saying, oh, he's been playing real well and all that. I I, I think that's more in the offensive zone. Uh, He's – Stats are there, seven games, a goal, four assists. I think he got accredited for the goal last night eventually, one of Raffles, so that's two goals. Excuse me, so still five points. Um, but he, his, def- I mean, it's more of most of the defensemen, they're, they're still shaking their own end. There were some goals where 
it, it was a two-on-one because he blew a tire. Uh, they have trouble getting a puck out of their own zone. He's not the worst at that, but he's definitely not the Provorov I expected. Now, it's still early. Uh, one thing I will say is his offensive game it seems to be there. There are times it seems like he does try to do everything by himself. He tries to do too much. Um, he does need to work on his defensive game. Um, but that being said, if you would have asked me how he was last year, I would have talked a lot. I would not have talked highly of him at all. I think because he has so much expectation. But, I mean, he's got five points, but he's a minus three. It's like, what does that tell you? So, I mean, there is some work to do, uh, but at least one part of his game is definitely there. Um, and who was I supposed to talk about after that? Oh, Limblom, was it? Yeah, did, <laughs> did you did you get raffle for Kyle there? I didn't even notice yeah, that he was doing Kyle, Limblom. <laughs> Kyle just said, I'll talk about whoever the hell I want. And I was just skipping Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so uh, you brought you basically what you said about Raffle is true. And I was one of those people who were like, it's not that I didn't want him on the team. It was like, it was a two year deal. And I'm like, we have all these kids. Like, I, I want to see him come up. But that contract was signed, I think, when we still have Ryan Hartman. So it kind of makes, I won't say it makes sense, but he's definitely, I love, I love Raffle at this point. That's really all I can say. Even plays where he doesn't score, he's he's just he's good defensively. He's got those workman type goals. He never gives up on the play. You'll see him on the bench after a shift, and he's like not chatting with anybody because he's like guzzling water and breathing heavily. Like he gives it all he has, and he's yeah he's really a veteran now. And I really appreciate Michael Raffle. I hope he stays a fly. I hope he signs for another two years if he keeps playing this play up. And you're right, Jim. Like him on the first and second line. Well, we appreciate it. It's not where he needs to play. Look what he's doing. He's like taking over these bottom six like teams. Like he, that's what he's he's perfect for that. And those goals are going to add up. They can fix the rest of the stuff. A guy like him, especially in the playoffs, is going to hurt you. So, and he looks great for the young kids, especially because we have a lot of guys who are probably going to be nothing more than top six or bottom six guys, like your um, Bunnemans or your uh, Trzinskis and Trz whatever the hell his name is. Like, if we have one in the uh, AHL as well, there's so many freaking players. Like, guys like that, like, he's great for them. He's a perfect role model for them. Like, I, I'm not expecting, you know, Farabee to model his game after Raffle, but there's plenty of other guys that he could. Um, and then Limblom that we kind of just touched on, he had a little puck luck, but at the same time, he used to be snake bitten. So this is just the universe evening out and he's damn talented. And that, that line is with him and Konechny and Coots is they're just producing. And if you look at the stat sheet, it, it seems like they're doing everything like with Hayes throwing in a couple of points here. And it's really our heavy hitters that are really slacking. Yeah. Four checks got two. Yeah. Well, oof, he had some garbage time points in a game where we're getting smoked so and we played seven games so far this year. So it seems like TK and Limblom are here. I never thought I would say those are our top goal scorers on the team early on. Um, so yeah, I mean, you there. It's definitely the most positive players we have on our team right now. And you might even be able to throw Elliot in there, which is something I never thought I would say. But yeah, you, you have to be more than happy with their performance at this point, especially considering the tough stretch of games we went through last week. For sure. So you mentioned um, Brian Elliott, and I want to touch on, 
you know, the goalies real quick, and we'll, we'll transition to the, the guys who haven't gotten it going yet. So Brian Elliott, um, 2.56 goals against average, .925 save percentage so far this year. Looks um, pretty, uh, pretty solid so far. Hasn't he through the first couple games? There's about, I think he gave up a total of four goals in his two games he's played. I would maybe put only one of them on him. I mean, last night he gave up a five-on-three goal, which he had no chance in hell. Uh, I honestly don't remember the last goal, which is why I'm not sure. And in Calgary, the first goal, uh, Braun skated into his pad, and the second goal was kind of deflected by Sandheim. So I'm not going to kill him for those. So really, he's been everything you can ask for. And as as the analysts always say, he's a battler. He battles. Well, whatever. The point is, when he doesn't play 27 games in a row, it looks like he's not too bad. And that's all you can ask for from your backup. And a lot of people hated his contract, even though it was a one-year deal. Uh, right now, it's only been two games. You, could, you can't ask for much better. No, and I think the only thing now is, you know, uh, if he starts to get some games under his belt, is there still the fear that he gets hurt, you know? Um, for me, I'm going to try to ignore that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the Brian Elliott wave here. Let's see what happens. Um, we're going to transition here to Carter Hart. Kyle, Carter Hart. Carter Hart. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, you know, fuck you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of his play early on? I got excited, on? all right? I got excited. <laughs> You can kiss my ass. <laughs> All right. Since we're talking, since we're talking about uh, d- dance from. <laughs> All right. Now listen. Carter Hart is Carter Hart. He's going to be our number one goalie. That is not going to come without hiccups. I think you're starting to see a little bit of the pro game catching up with him in his sophomore year. Um, You've seen flashes of Carter Hart being Carter Hart. Just absolutely phenomenal. There was just nothing getting by him. Nothing easily going to get by him. You've seen it in the Jersey game, especially. But it's sophomore year. We got to try to remember that the kid, he's a kid. He's exactly that. I think he just started shaving a week ago. Like, Who's it, your source? <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, your source? Oscar Limblom. <laughs> <laughs> they both started shaving a week ago. That's how I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think everybody needs to temper their expectations for Carter Hart, especially this year. I, I absolutely have faith that he's going to bounce back 110% and be Carter Hart that we all have come to know and love. But as of right now, he's in a little bit of a funk, it seems like. Um, In the games that he was letting in a bunch of goals, the the defense didn't exactly show up either. So there's some give and take there. Um, But as of right now, I, I say we ride Brian Elliott until... Brian Elliott gives us a reason not to do at the moment. I mean, I'm not saying not play Carter Hart or just play Brian Elliott. I'm saying that as of right now, Brian Elliott should get to start the next game, in my personal opinion. I don't know what do you guys think. Well, 
so Jack, let me ask you, um, Carter Hart, how, like you mentioned, Kyle, this is a, this is still a young kid. Um, he goes through a couple games like he's gone through where, and and let's be honest, we know that he's not going to be giving up these kind of goals forever. But the last two, I think it's the last two games, uh, Edmonton, he, he started against Dallas, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's given up some not-so-good-looking goals. I mean, goals that we've not been accustomed to seeing Carter Hart give up. Does this affect his confidence at all if this continues for, I don't know, maybe another couple of weeks, a month? Well, you're talking about goalies, so... Him waking up on the wrong side of a bed could affect his confidence. They're complete voodoo. However, the trend, yeah, it could, especially considering how young he is. The good news is he's going to start against Chicago, a team that he has beat this year. So that could be that could that's a good mixture for him to jump start playing better. Uh, he's also not at home, which as much as we love our fans, if he were to give up a bad goal, he could hear it from them. So starting away also might be a good thing. I think he'll figure it out. I think he's shown in the past at every level he's played at that if he has a bad game, he has a short-term memory and he can figure it out. He also has way too much talent and is too positionally sound to give up any real bad goals to get into a hole. One thing that I am a little bit worried about is our defense in our own zone. I do think that they give up too many premium chances, which is going to make it tough for him. Um, I mean, we'll just have to see. I, I he needs to play better regardless. He hasn't it's not like he's getting breakaways on him either. I don't want to put it I don't want to say it's all the defense's fault either. He's not, you know, oh well, how can you blame the goalie? It was a two on zero. No, these are stop some of these are stoppable. Like some of the goals in Edmonton. Like, well, it was his hometown. Enough with the excuses. Like, I get it. He needs to play better flat out. So uh, I, there's no reason to think one or the other except for his track record. And his track record says that he'll figure it out. So I have all the confidence that he will. He has all the talent in the world. And a lot of things – the main thing that really goes – people don't really consider is how positionally good he is. That will save half the goals alone. So defense pitches in a little bit. Hopefully this big win against uh, L.A. – or I'm sorry, Vegas um, – We'll just give everybody a confidence boost, and they can go to Chicago, eke out a win. I prefer more of like a two to one, maybe a sh- uh, shutout's a lot to ask for, but I don't want no eight to five win or loss for that matter. Like he can't be giving up that many goals if he's going to get his confidence back. But there's no reason to believe that he won't. So I have all the confidence in the world that he will. Okay. Um. So I'm not I'm not trying to play a devil's advocate here before we move on to um some of our other colder players, but I'm not sure he's gonna figure it out right away. I think, <clears throat> and I'm not you know maybe this is like a reverse jinx or something, but I think he struggles this year, Carter Hart. I think I think maybe he goes through another couple games like this, maybe not in a row. But, uh, you know, I could see a stretch where it's kind of like his Carter Hart broken type thing. You know how everyone's going to overreact. And I think it will affect him, you know, mentally for a little bit. Not that he won't come out of it, but this is still a young kid playing in the NHL, playing in Philadelphia. I mean, I know he's played for, for Team Canada and everything like that. Uh, but he's never played in front of Philadelphia fans. 
you know, with the expectations of, of the Philadelphia fans. Um, you know, we'll get to in a little bit. We have a little bit of a de- debate coming up uh, later on about the defensive zone uh, play and how it could be contributing to, to, you know, some of the goals that Carter's given up. But I could, I could kind of see a year where Carter struggles. Maybe he puts up with three-something goals against average, maybe a high two, something like that. I hope it doesn't happen because I, I would really like to see him succeed and succeed right away. Uh, but, but I could definitely see it. Uh, I'm looking at some numbers here, and I know it's early on, guys, so nobody flip out because, you know, it's early on. But he, he, right now he's got a, a .890 save percentage, a 2.59 goals against average, which is great. But, uh, you know, I think for, for goalies, we pretty much judge them by their save percentage. And that, that save percentage, you know, flat out needs, needs to be above 9. 8.90 is not cutting it. You know, we, we try to keep it real on this show, so we're, we're not giving anybody breaks. Uh, 20-year-old kid, we know we're expecting the, the world from him. Under a lot of pressure, you know, you listen to his post-game interviews, and he takes the responsibility, you know. The only thing that I'm worried about when I hear him talk is how down he sounds uh, on himself. You know, he, he's taken all the responsibility. He, he doesn't sound happy. And, and we don't want him to sound happy after a loss. But, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is the, the kids can be a little fragile. And I don't want him to get stuck in his head. You know, I want him to learn to forget about what happened that night and move on. I think that's the only way. Um, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of most with, with Carter Hart is I don't want him to get stuck in his head. I need him to reset every game like it's a brand new day, brand new season, that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm freaked out about there. Um, if you guys want to move on here, we can get to some of the other guys here. Uh, we can have a field day with if you want. So we, we talked about our hotter players in, in TK, Raffle, Limblom, Provorov. <laughs> we have a couple guys uh, who are getting paid big money. You know, sign the big, big contracts. And, you know, quite frankly, they're not earning their pay. They're not producing the way they should be. Um, we could start at the top uh, with the captain, Claude Giroux. We're seven games in. Doesn't have a single goal. He's got four assists, which is cool. Doesn't have a single goal, though. Um, what do you guys feel about that? Uh, no goals from your captain after seven games into the season. Kyle, you could start. Uh, it's 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 frustrating as a fan to see that from especially the guy that is or has been the superstar on your team for nine ten years now. I mean, I wonder how frustrating it is for him, and um, I am really looking forward to him busting out of this slump, and I'm hoping it comes sooner than later. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, a, a lot of guys are quick to point out, oh, well, the secondary scoring is stepping up. Okay, you know, that's great. That's what we've all wanted for so fucking long. But now, the guys who aren't scoring are the guys that we expected to score. You know, and if, if we weren't getting the secondary scoring and, and these guys weren't scoring, we'd be flat out fucked to start this season. All right, and that's where my frustration's coming in a little bit is because we, we have the secondary scoring now. The guys who are getting paid to fucking score are not. So I'm a little bit frustrated with these guys, and I know Drew's the captain. He can do no wrong. Blah, blah, blah. He's a superstar. He's, you know, top five flyer. I get all that. I respect him. I, I like Drew. I, I want to see him win a cup. But 
when someone's, you know, playing like bullshit, I'm gonna, we're going to say something. Jack, what do you think about Claude Giroux's start? Well, as the, all the players we're going to talk about who are having slow starts, I think the one I'm least worried about is Drew. It's definitely <laughs> frustrating. Don't get me wrong. But um, his passes have been crisp. He, If you look at the Edmonton game when they were only down 2-1 to one in that second period, he had like three fantastic passes in a row where the Flyers, whoever he was passing to, just couldn't finish. He had another one in the in the third period. Again, they couldn't finish. And it's some of the guys not finishing in that game were like guys like TK. Like he his passing is there. He's never been known as a goal scorer. But four points in seven games on that top power play unit, top line, whole nine. It that is concerning. I'm probably gonna put it on some other guys that we're gonna talk about because what I've seen from Giroud doesn't bother me as much as what I don't see from others. Uh, he is your captain, so obviously that sticks out like a sore thumb. I don't like him saying things like we don't talk about last year after they just went on a terrible run last week. It's like you don't want to talk about last year. They don't play like last year. But if anybody's going to snap out of it, it first, it's going to be Giroux. And at least, that, at least that's what I see. The passing is definitely still there. Okay. I hear what you guys are saying. So, you know, I'm going to sound like a, like a typical, you know, I guess uh, – Maybe an uneducated Flyers fan here, but I want Claude Giroux to score a fucking goal. And I, I, I want it to be as soon as possible because I'm getting angry. Like, dude, score a fucking goal. Step up. You know, your other guys are not stepping up. Even goddamn Jake Voracek's got two goals. He scored them in a losing effort after they're down, what, 6-1, whatever. But Claude Giroux, score a fucking goal, dude. Like, we're seven games in. The season started, bro. Like, I, I, Jack, I love what you're saying about the crisp passing. All that stuff. But, dude, score a fucking goal. We need you to score. All right? So let's move on here. We got a couple other guys who are paid for offense, have yet to score a goal. Uh, one being Shane Gossespierre. You know, everybody's favorite uh, defenseman. 65 points two seasons ago. Uh, last year, not so great. <laughs> you mean like an eternity ago, it seems like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't even live in my house back when he was good. <laughs> Two, uh, I'm sorry, last year had a bad season, had a, a bum knee, and, and gave up all his goals as empty netters. Starts the year, <laughs> no goals through seven games. He's the power play specialist. Apparently he's got this rocket shot that we don't see anymore because the league's adjusted to his fucking game. He's got one assist through seven games. Kyle, what do you think about Shane Goss' bear? The rocket shot hits the boards a lot. High and wide, baby. High and wide. <laughs> Damn. He looks rough out there, man. He looks rough. I mean, at times, you're, like, perplexed from his skating into four people. I mean, I haven't seen any wicked spinoramas from him this year. At least he cut that out of his game. <laughs> but <laughs> I, thought, I thought you wanted to see more. Shit. Oh, man. It's been – it's freaking something else, ain't it? But <laughs> – He's, he just, I think the dude needs to take a seat for a couple games, to be honest with you. I, I, I just don't see it. Um, and somebody had the audacity to bring up to me the other day that he's a plus player right now. Um, the guy doesn't start in the defensive zone ever because we finally have a coach that matches lines and doesn't allow your worst defenseman to start in a defensive zone. 
That's why he's a plus player, because he starts in the offensive zone, and that's it. The second they come down the other end, he needs to get off the ice. But everybody, everybody we pay knows. the dude... Yeah, pay the dude. Plus minus. Plus minus is a flawed stat. So I just it irks me that people throw that out there. But go ahead, sorry, Kyle. <laughs> no, I get but I do I do get the point though. Because it's like, oh wow, if he's playing that bad. Yeah, we get it. Like you don't know what you're watching. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. yeah. But uh he we pay the guy for offense. We pay him for offense, and the whole league has figured him out. So guess what he's never going to provide again? 60 points worth of offense. So this contract, this great deal that we got on this guy who scored 65 points two years ago, is starting not to look like such a bargain. They paid him for what he is, basically. They paid him for what he was. No, that's just it. He's not that anymore. <laughs> I said that Drew is probably the first one to snap out of it. The last one to snap out of it will probably be Ghost. I think he needs to take a seat too. He's a walk. He's a mistake machine. Like I've seen him try to spin, like not a full spinorama, just turn his back to the defenseman. He keeps going. The puck stops. He's still missing the net. He's still making stupid decisions. He's still not pinching at the right time. And like you said, like this is a great contract. Now he's got almost no offense. The assist he got, I'm pretty sure, was on Hayes' goal, where Hayes did all of that by himself. He just came around the net and threw, you know, just dunked it in the backhand through the guy's third string goalie's legs. He wasn't prepared for it. It's not like he made this great pass or shot and the net was wide open or anything like that. He's. Yeah. He's just he's just flat out not good. Yeah. That's why you somebody throws stats at me like, oh, he's plus one. Have you watched the Flyers game? Like he sticks, he's the number one guy that sticks out for mistakes. Like he just can't do anything right right now, and it, it's incredibly frustrating because he used to be one of the first guys to get mad at the fans, at least on the ice, not in the media. Uh, and yeah, we're paying him for offense because we deal with his defensive deficiencies. Well, there is no offense, and his defensive deficiencies are still there. And I just thought that's noticeable now that he's not starting in the defensive zone because Dave Hackstall's not the fucking coach. Yeah, and that it, we have a real coach now, so he sees a weakness and decides to cover it up the best he can. You don't start an offensive defenseman, quote unquote, in the defensive zone where his defense is a serious issue. So. There you go. And I, I remember seeing, I, I don't know if it was Calgary or Edmonton, one of those games, Drew looked visibly frustrated over a, pe- a stupid penalty that Ghost took. It was like a slashing minor or something. It, just, it was the one oh, they were on oh, the power play. They were on the power play. Yeah, they had just gotten on the power play, and he takes a stupid slashing uh, minor. And he's one of he's one of those guys where you you're trying to get out of your zone and he'll he'll drop it back like he'll skate up and suddenly drop it back for somebody to pick it up and he doesn't give it enough juice so it's just kind of floating in space now it's a mad race for the puck and it leads to scoring chances for the other team but the main thing is it kills time off your power play I've never seen a guy and it's only been seven games and he is by far the most frustrating player that I've seen. On this on this team, he's he's in my doghouse. Like it means anything, but he I, I agree I couldn't agree more. He needs he needs to sit because <laughs> he, he just does. Actually, he's one of the main issues. Jack, I think that could be a thing now. Like Jack's doghouse. 
<laughs> I think we can make that a thing now. Like that, that can mean something. Shane Goss's bear officially in Jack's doghouse. Um. So yeah. Different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys really. I think we we've said enough about Goss's bear. I mean, I, one thing I haven't seen is a lot of people really, you know, defending him like they used to. I think guys are starting to come around and realize that you know the league has Goss's bear figured out and he hasn't adapted. You know, all he was good for was that shot. You know, you, you remember when he first came in, he, 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 he could fly, he could skate, you know, he could create offense, which I think is extremely important, uh, even more so important than a shot. Like, when, when you can create offense as a defenseman, you know, I'm, I'm talking about seeing the ice and, and finding people while they're open or moving into space to get other guys open. You know, that that's extremely important. I'm not seeing so much of that now, you know, and it's kind of like he's just falling back on that shot. You know, maybe he's being a uh, coach just to hang around instead of moving too much. I, I don't know, but I, I just, I, you know, I, we were rooting for him this year. You know, I don't, I, I'm not trying to rag on him so much because I really did have hot, you know, I don't want to say high hopes, but more hope than I had for Gosses Bear last year. And I, I thought a, a guy like Vigneault or, you know, Terry and, and, and Yo could uh, maybe fix him, you know, uh, use his strengths as opposed to, trying to strengthen his weaknesses. But, you know, I guess we're early in the season. He still has a lot of time to turn it around. Just not so sure that's going to happen. Um, a guy that I want to just kind of touch on real quick before I move on to the main one uh, is Jake Voracek. You know, I think we ragged on him a little bit last week. He actually has two goals, two assists. That looks cool on paper. It kind of goes in line with everything we've said about Voracek last week. You know, uh, puts up points. They don't really matter in the games that he puts them up in. I think he had two or three in the game against Edmonton when they got their asses straight whooped. Um, but, you know, in a nutshell, that's Jake Voracek, okay? We won't see any points out of him for, I don't know, maybe another week, okay? So Jake Voracek, everybody. The guy that I really wanted to touch on, James Van Riemsdyk. Zero goals, zero assists for zero points. Chris Stewart, the guy everybody was talking about, that should not be on this team, or you should be on the team, blah, blah, blah. Guess who has more points than James Van Riemsdyk? Chris Stewart. That's how bad James Van Riemsdyk is so far. And I know a lot of people out there are going to say, oh, he's got this many shots, and he leads, you know, he's got the most shots on goal without a goal. Fuck that shit, man. Put the fucking puck in the back of the net, dude. I don't want to hear how many shots you got, because you don't get points for shots, assholes. You get points for putting the puck in the net. That's how you win games. All these fucking little in-the-crease shots, three and four whacks at the puck. They're not legit shots on goal. Get the fuck out of here with that. That pisses me off. JVR gets paid to put the puck in the net. Put the goddamn puck in the net, dude. You get paid for nothing else. You bring nothing else. Put the puck in the net. Go ahead, guys. I'll let you take over. JVR. Well, <laughs> I think you said it, Jim. I, I don't even go from there. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean, what else, dude? So, let me get this straight. You're having an issue with James Van Riemsdyk? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does he know the season started? I don't know, man. Like, zero points? This guy's supposed to score not goals. Wrong. You're, definitely, you're definitely not wrong. It, it, he is taking a lot of shots, but we want these shots to be uh, more high quality because, yeah, he's, he's being paid $7 million a year. And a guy being paid seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year has more points than him and more fights. So it's like, what he's it's, he's doing his job 
and some of JVR's job, where <laughs> yeah. JVR has just as many points as the coach. Like, he's got nothing. It's, he's he's got, got the a, same amount of points as we do. Yeah, he's got goose egg. Goose eggs, man. Like, no, not even an assist. Like, isn't he on the first power play? Like, shit. Like, that's that's bad. Like, him and Ghost have by far have been the two uh, – Were I think they're the two biggest problems right now. Right now. Um I mean, he doesn't give you much else anywhere else. It's not like he's playing stud defense, at least that I've seen recently or during the regular season. Um, I think he was trying. I think he threw. He pitched in a little bit against the Devils to get Carter Hart his his shutout. But other than that, what has he really been doing? So he's just a big body right now, and it's a shame because he's got four years left on that deal, making seven mil. It is early, but it's still concerning. Uh, hopefully he just gets, just get him one, get him an empty netter, get him something. Maybe that snaps him out of it. Um, I do think the issues with ghost are bigger than they are with JVR. I think JVR just needs to get that first one where ghost has a lot more deficiencies. However, I totally understand your anger, Jim. Uh, he's got, he's paid here to do one thing and that it's getting paid an awful lot to do it. And he's got nothing to show for it early. So definitely. Yeah, it sucks. He's got to wake up. That's all it is. Okay, Kyle. I'm an avid JVR defender, um, for the record, and I have no real fucking defense for the guy right now. I, I, I constantly stick for. I like JVR. For, I I do too. Uh, um, the dude needs to take better quality shots, for sure. Those 35 shots he has on that. Come on, dude. We all watched the fucking game. He's got 15 actual shots on that out of those 35. Yeah, I don't know how they the came up with all those shots. In. Yeah, he almost tucked one in last night. It was good. It, was, it went off the post. He's a little snake bitten, but he definitely needs to take better shots. One thing I wanted to bring up, though, I, I see the – I'm glad they're not doing it anymore, but – I really hope we don't see the, and we might, the Drew centering Voracek and JVR. Why would you put three slumping players on the same line? Does anybody else think that's stupid? Uh, I actually thought they played an okay game last night. But they didn't, they really didn't, they didn't have any, they didn't, they didn't come out they just, did not obviously. <laughs> like the, the whole point but, is that this, they're not getting points. All together, they have like all three of them together. In seven games, do they even have seven points? Like, like but I'm definitely not going to break up the other lines. Here's kind of my thoughts on that. You so gotta try different. I mean, you can move Drew around. You put him with somebody, he'll make something happen. He'll at least get you an assist. Uh, Jake's almost all of his points but one have come from one game, and JVR's done nothing. You put that that line on the ice, and they've seven games now, nothing to show for it. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't like that. It feels like you're just giving up. Like, we'll just wait this out, and then we'll put the real line out there. Like, that just sucks. Here was, here was the message that I kind of got from that. You know, and it, for me, it was kind of like tough love. It, it was more how I saw it as AV saying, you know, get yourselves out of it. You know, you guys are in it. You guys got no points or whatever through this many games, whatever it is. You're all struggling at the same times. Get your fucking selves out of it. You know, I'm going to put you all on the same line. You know, if one guy scores that means another guy gets an assist or, or a point or something. You know what I mean? This way they have the opportunity to all feel good at once as opposed to, you know, well, maybe one guy breaks out of the slump and then the other guy still needs to break out. And that, that's how I kind of looked at it as. 
I agree with that. That's that, that definitely makes sense. The thing that scares me is these are three players, especially Drew and Voracek, who were around for the entire Hackstall error and the Hextall error where it didn't it didn't matter, you know. Nobody cared. You're still getting paid. Yep. So it's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll work ourselves out, you know, and then just still do what they do, and it is what it is. Nice. That, that's what makes me nervous. I mean, they got to break through eventually. I get it. But how much of a hole is the team going to get in before that happens? Like, yeah, Monday thing. was great. Monday was great. The last four games before that were absolute dog shit. Let's not kid ourselves here. That's the scary thing, and, and that's why I was kind of bringing that up a little bit early, you know, because I was taking into account – you know, these guys are learning a new system for the first time in four years. You know, they, they're going from one extreme to the other and Dave Hackstall to Elaine Vigneault, okay? Like, literally the extreme. And, you know, these guys, they haven't really been disciplined in four years. You know, they're, I think they're all at least 30 years old, learning a new system where they actually have to fucking skate a little bit. They got to bust their ass a little bit, believe it or not. Uh, they got to get back to play defense. They got to get up in transition. I, I made a point to bring this up. I think three or four games into the season because I was worried that this was going to, you know, kind of carry over for a little while that, you know, maybe these guys just can't keep up anymore. Maybe they're not built for this system. Maybe they need to go find somewhere else to play. You know, I'm just not sure how it's going to shake out. Don't get me wrong. I I have faith that Giroux going to break out of it. I'm sure JVR will, you know, pot a goal and then go on one of his hot streaks. You know, I didn't forget that he's a streaky guy. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't be angry now and, and want them to fucking score. Um, you know, so I have total confidence that these guys will break out. I just want to see it happen sooner rather than later because, uh, you know, the wins in the beginning of the season are just as important as the ones in the middle of the season and at the end of the season. These are the ones that, you know, everyone's in the playoff mix right now. I'd, I'd like to see them get a little bit of a head start as opposed to playing catch-up like we've seen the last four fucking years. This way, they, they, you know, when it comes playoff time, teams are trying to catch them. You know, and, and what happens in the beginning of the season matters. Having said that, you know, maybe we'll see this kind of shit for another month. New system, blah, blah, blah. I like what Elaine Vigneault's doing with these guys. He's, you know, he's calling them out in the media kind of thing. And not calling them out in necessarily a negative way. Just pointing out, hey, he likes the way these guys are playing, but these three still got to get their shit together. You know, did you guys see that today? I mean, honestly, I felt like that's how AV's been for a while. And I was going to bring up maybe one issue with these guys is it was asked of Alevino, you're bringing in a new system. How do you think that's going to be on the veteran players? And the first thing he said was, I really don't care. Yeah. I don't care what they think. They're going to they're going to do it. And, you know, this this team has been Voracek and Jeruz. And JVR is their buddy. He's especially Jeruz's buddy. So, I don't know, maybe they're they're having a little pushback with the coach or something like that or the play style. I mean, you brought up maybe they can't hang. Well, JVR strikes me as a guy who definitely can't hang. Like he's the slowest of the bunch. So, I mean, maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe it's it's play style. Maybe it's a little bit of what's going on in their own brains. I mean, to be honest, you guys brought this up earlier. They've traveled a lot too. There was also the Canadian Thanksgiving shit. Most of these guys are, you know, I'm sure they ate their faces off. A lot of, I've heard all sorts of excuses. It's if it keeps up, it'll be an issue. As for now, I've heard so many things with all the miles they've traveled, uh, this, that, the other thing. So, yeah, it, it definitely, I think it has something to, to do with it. I just don't know how much because I think there's a lot of other factors we really haven't talked about enough. I think we're putting it all on the players, which is what we do, which is I'm number one 
I do this the worst, but I don't really know a lot of those other things. You hear things here and there, and that's one thing I did hear. But at the same time, you're supposed to be a professional. And these are the top guys. I understand if something like that was the jet lag and the Thanksgiving and this and that for the young guys. Like they haven't done with that before. They're not. The, this is your captain your, and your assistant captains, your top generals on this team. And they're the ones having the issue. That's why it's, I still give them a hard time. And it's definitely concerning. No doubt. No doubt. Carl, anything to add before we move on to what should be an interesting little segment here? We're about an hour in, by the way. Kyle. Kyle. Kyle's gone. Sorry. What? I'm here. <laughs> what Were you getting a beer or what? I was. <laughs> like Mid-show most of my rants, Kyle has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so. <laughs> well, this guy again? I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get started. Well, I enjoyed uh, Elaine Mignol's message to them, like, "Yo, you three just need to figure it the fuck out. Yeah, figure it out. Like, no more excuse. There's no more excuses. You guys are all on the same line. Figure it out, one way or another. Do it or don't. But we're, I'm not going to continue to play you guys for 20 minutes a game if you're not figuring it out. So figure it out. Yeah, for sure." Um, moving on here just a bit uh, like I mentioned we're about an hour and a minute in uh, we want to try to keep this episode a little not as long uh, but we want to bring up a topic here you know we, we have a chat going a, you know, a text chat between me Kyle and Jack and defen- defensive zone play came up in the chat and Jack and Kyle you guys seemed like you were at odds a bit there on how they look in the defensive zone Kyle, I'll let you start because you, you seem to think they've been playing uh, a little bit better than Jack does. And then, Jack, uh, once Kyle's finished, you know, you're more than welcome to counter. Um, as far as their defensive zone play, it's not perfect by any means, but uh, you're going to get that when you're encountering a new system and new coaching. So it's not shocking that it's not perfect. Um one thing I do really like with the defensive zone play so far this year is the forwards do come back and help. Whereas in years past, they look lost. Like they didn't even know where they're supposed to be. Uh, they are coming back and helping. Um, I do like the quick outs. You know, they get the puck and it's get the puck out of the zone if you don't have a clean, quick pass. Where in years past, it's, oh, we're going to do a spinorama or we're going to try to pass through three people. Whereas it's just get it out because at the very least you get the reset. Um, The things I don't like about the defensive zone, uh, I do not like the collapse to the net style that they are playing at the very moment. All five players collapse in front of the Flyers' net at any kind of pressure, which I get, but I don't like it. It's never been my style. Um, But all in all, the defensive zone from last year to this year has been great, in my personal opinion, if we're comparing the two. What do you think, Jackie? Well, 
I mean, any, comparing anything to anything, Hackstall is not fair. I mean, he's just an absolute. That whole error was a complete clown show. Uh, just one thing I've noticed for sure is it's more so the defensemen than the forwards. I do agree with you that the forwards being more uh, active and getting the puck out of the zone and helping out defensively has definitely been a positive. Um, with me, it's been some of the some of the passing. Uh, and I've, I've shockingly noticed this most on the power play, and you saw it last night in Vegas. I, t- I think people forget because the Flyers went right down and scored, but it's only because of Elliott and the post that they even had that opportunity. They, they try to – once they're pressured, they lose their minds. They don't know what to do. They, they, and I've seen other teams get pressured, and they, know, they can handle it. But it's just, and I know Vegas is good at it. But it's anytime, anytime any team gives them any kind of pressure, and they have to throw the puck along the boards, it, it hits the boards at a funny angle, and it's not where it's supposed to be. And the guy's got to come out of position and go get it. Now it's a race for the puck. Sometimes they do a pass and they flub it. They just straight out flub it, and it's not they'll have no juice on it, or they they go. It's goes coming out of the zone, and he's he turns his back to the defense, and he he leaves the puck. They get pickpocketed. Um, uh, Proveroff. We're talking. We're talking power play defense. That's this is all the. I noticed that one particular on the uh, the power play that they scored on. But in general, they because of what I was just about to talk about led to a goal. Proveroff in against the Edmonton game with uh, McDavid or is that the right? No, I'm sorry, Calgary where uh, they made it two to one. He flat out fell. And Braun skates right into Elliott's right pad, and it's an easy goal. It's like they're they're that's defensive, but getting the puck out of the zone, the second there's any kind of pressure, and there's more pressure at five on five than there is the power play anyway. They really don't handle it well. I see them; they don't put enough juice on their passes. They make bad passes. We've seen the forwards who come back, and it's, I'm sure you could say a couple of names here like JVR, but Limblom's done it too. They make passes right in front of their own net, and a lot of times they get intercepted. And a lot, the first goal in Edmonton, Limbaugh passed it to it. Uh, I think it was Drysaitel. Like, it was like a, he was on the wrong team. Like some of the when they do do it right, it looks great. It looks the way it's supposed to. But there's been plenty of times where they're passing in their own zone is scary. Like you hold your breath, especially the more often, uh, more players from the other team that are in that zone, the more you really. I just want them to skate around the net and just hope that the other team just backs away. When they do that, I love it because some of their passing and even their board play in their own zone is it's scary. I hold my breath. And you're right. Like when it works, it looks great because it sets up their offense. But before they hit that step, it's it can be very scary and they're very sloppy. We've we've all this said that these guys, especially this past week, have looked sloppy. That is the number one word we would use. And sometimes it leads directly to goals. Most of the time, it just loses possession and wastes time off the clock. And before you know it, you're in the third period down two, three goals. So, I mean, yeah, they've looked better than Haxel, but those those years, those teams, the breakout's better when, when they're – I think it's a, a matter of uh, execution. The exec- when they executed under Hacksaw, it didn't always look good. When they execute under Vigneault, it looks great. They're just having trouble executing, and it's a lot of the defensive players that are doing it. Hag's definitely one. Um, and they just 
they give up a lot of these premium chances that we're talking about where the other team only takes 13 shots and they have 13 scoring chances. This is one of the main reasons why it happens. And while they're trying to figure it out, sometimes there's a guy wide open in front all by himself. And this past week especially, I noticed it a lot. And I hope they can clean that up. But they have to clean up their own end. There's a lot of work to be done, I I think. Once they're, once they're executing, the system looks good. But when they're left to their own devices, they look a little lost and it's scary. Jimmy! Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I wasn't sure if so, Kyle had anything left there. Are you done, Kyle? You yeah, pretty much. What else do you want me to say? All right. Just, I was making sure that was kind of your guys' thing. I was just listening. The defensive <laughs> zone play for me, I mean, yeah, it's, it's looked sloppy at times. And at times, just okay for me. Nothing spectacular, you know. Uh, especially if you consider that, you know, they, they gave up three uh, to Dallas. I know one was empty net. They, they got their asses whooped against Edmonton, against a faster team. Um, they didn't look great against Calgary. And they lost in overtime to Vancouver. Uh, last night, I think there were times where, you know, if you pressure this defense, they're going to make some quick mistakes is, is what I'm seeing. Um, especially from Vegas. Early on, you know, Vegas was kind of uh, trapping them in their own zone. They were putting the pressure on in the neutral zone. And uh, guys like Gosses Bear and uh, let me see, who else was it? Gosses Bear comes to mind right away, I guess, maybe because we were talking about him. But, you know, there was a point, I think, when the Flyers were actually on the power play. And I'm not sure really what Ghost was doing, but it, it led to almost a. a an odd man rushed the other way, if not almost a breakaway. So, I mean, the defensive zone play or the defensive play uh, could still use some work. Um, it's not an area I'm going to point out that needs to improve now. Um, but uh, I'm not saying that it, you know, it's, it's anything spectacular. So I, think, I guess I agree with both of you guys there, right? Well, yeah, the one thing I was going to say was it feels like once they get away or if they get if the other team backs off or whatever and the issues I have are averted for that part and they get to what Kyle was talking about, they are good there. They do get the puck out. But, yeah, like you were saying, Jim, like when they're pressured, like, you know, or they really have to do something to maintain control of the puck in their own zone, they fall apart. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not every time, but it's a lot more than it should be. It's your own zone. But, yeah, the breakout is is good, which is what Kyle was getting at. So it's it, we were kind of talking about different things. Uh, they're all considered the same thing when you talk it in general, generalities. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, I think we could all agree that we've seen them look a little – sloppy is definitely a word we've all used. Mm -hmm. uh, and it mostly pertains to their passing, especially in their own end. Uh, but when they are doing it right and it's under the new system, it's worlds better than Hackstall. So – I think I think that Kyle would agree with me that we're kind of we agree with that at the very least. Um, but if you have to clean up something, that's definitely one thing you got to clean up. But the main thing is what we talked about earlier, and it's these stars coming out of their slumps. Yeah, I mean overall, I mean everything we just discussed. This sounds like a 500 team, right? And that's exactly what they are. They're three, three, and one, uh, heading into their eighth game. What is it on Thursday against Chicago in Chicago? Correct. 
So a team that they already beat in the beginning of the year. You know Chicago's going to want to get them back for that. They got the firepower and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and they got a couple other guys that are playing decently, I think. I think the Brinkat still needs to get off the schneid a little bit there. Only two goals, two assists. Um, but, uh, you know, they have decent, solid goaltending, Corey Crawford and Robert Lanner. Um, a game that I think we're expecting the Flyers to go out and win. You know, if, if you know, remains to be seen, what, which team we're going to get. Are we going to get the, you know, uh, we, we're traveling again already, we're, we're jet lagged, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get the excuses type stuff. Or... You know, the, Chicago's not a good team, right? Is is this a game where, you know, the top guys can finally get their shit together and, and get going and, you know, maybe they start to build some momentum? That'd be nice because they, they have a lot of divisional games coming up, a lot of Eastern Conference games coming up, games that actually are going to matter, a lot of four-point games, if you will. So it'd be nice to see those guys get going. It'd be nice to see Carter come out and, you know, have a solid effort uh, and get the W, no doubt. Um, anything that we missed tonight that we wanted to cover, guys? Not that I could think of. I mean, Covered the way they on. started this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we really did. All I can really say is the way they started the season, I really thought it had a record. That being said, the performance last night was a lot better. It makes me feel better going into Thursday. So we'll we'll just pick it up from there. We'll see. For sure. Kyle, anything you want to add before we announce uh, tonight's winner of our ah, let's get game? to the winner. Okay. So as I'm sure a lot of you know by now, <coughs> excuse me, I ch- <laughs> the moment we've all been waiting for Here and I choke. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we've had this ticket giveaway going on for a while. Uh, we're giving away a pair of tickets to the Flyers game against the Carolina Hurricanes, which – also happens to be the Gritty Chia Pet giveaway night. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so if you guys are listening and you didn't retweet or tag us or follow directions, you're you're screwed. You're going to have to go buy your tickets now, so that's what you get. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's get to our winner for tonight. Did you guys write his name down? Was I supposed to? No, but I figured I'd ask. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight's winner is – anybody? can anybody do a drum roll or not? Nah? Here we go. Ready? Yeah, ready. And tonight's winner is Adam Aguado. Whoa, Aguado. <laughs> How was that, good? <laughs> Adam, uh, congratulations, dude. You won the uh, pair of Flyers tickets for the November 5th game against the Hurricanes. Um, if you're listening, make sure you DM us on the podcast account. Uh, to claim your prize, man. Congratulations. Uh, I don't know if I should put his Twitter name out there. He knows who he is, right? Yeah, he knows. I'll throw it out there. Huh? <laughs> okay. So it's at a underscore damn underscore Aguado. Adam Aguado. You are the winner of the high and wide. First ever high and wide Flyers ticket giveaway. Will not be the last, but you won the first. Congratulations, man. Thanks for uh, tickets. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, if you know you actually get the tickets, you know you won, and and you've listened to the podcast. So thanks for listening, Adam, and thanks uh-huh. for following. I mean, what else, guys? That's a pretty huge announcement. What else do we got? Anything? Yeah, I could have went to that game. What the fuck, Jim? Well, we can. Let's buy tickets, and maybe we can. Nah, I'm broke. I'm not buying tickets. I was gonna say we can go with Adam, but it would have been fun if it was free. It's always better. I'd if I'd be there. <laughs> You'll be there, right, Kyle? Yeah. That means actually, that Probably. means we're all going. Yeah, right, Kyle. If I, 
<laughs> I don't know, Jim. Do you have a fucking date that night? Ooh. Well, let, let me know, uh, like, in advance instead of the night before. Because I might. I don't have that option, dude. All right, November 5th. Okay, I'll make sure not to schedule a date. I think that's going to work anyway. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we're done. Just got to do what I do, Jim. Just get married. You don't have to worry about it. I'm, I'm working on it, man. I'm really working <laughs> on it. <laughs> oh, boy. Costs a lot of money to date. I'm sure you guys know by now. So, I lost even sweet more. Sweetheart, if you're listening, <laughs> run. What'd you say? I said, sweetheart, if you're listening, run <laughs> now. Wait, wait. She might actually. Why'd you say that? <laughs> she, she told me that she's listened to the podcast, and I, I have no idea how she found out about it. I thought that was pretty cool, though. No uh, way. Yeah. Um, right. So anyway, let's uh, wrap this up. I think we have we might have Dan Silver on next week. Um, the the actual day might be TB uh, TBD, but we're shooting for Tuesday right now. So Dan Silver next week should be a cool episode. Uh, big week for the Flyers. Hopefully they finish strong, get the W against Chicago. Uh, let's wrap this up. You guys want to put your Twitter Twitter handles out there real quick? Jack underscore HW Radio. Let's keep it going. Keep it rolling. Warner Kyle 29. Can find me. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> How many beers did you drink over there? I feel like everything's delayed tonight. Enthusiasm. <laughs> I think, dude, I yeah. really think it's my phone. Maybe. I love it. I'm like, I love it. Did Kyle like walk away again? Come on. Come talk to me. Let's talk. Kyle's like, Kyle, 49, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anyone following me, damn it. <clears throat> yeah, so you guys uh, follow the podcast. Not if you're going to fucking tell me how bad Chris Stewart is constantly. Get over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's our problem right there. <laughs> hey, more points from JBR. <laughs> Follow the podcast account on Twitter at HW underscore radio underscore on Instagram at HW underscore radio and Facebook. Uh, just search high and wide radio and we'll pop up. So yeah, we're on all platforms, guys. Search your favorite one and give us a listen. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're in a good mood, leave some feedback. If you're in a bad mood, don't bother. You know, just DM us or something. We could talk it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> for... <laughs> For, for Kyle and uh, Jack, uh, I'm Jim. We're going to sign off, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Congratulations once again to Adam. Adam Iguado.